Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better, and I have one of the greatest bosses who have been uncaged, Mr. S.A. Grant. How are you doing, sir? Doing well, man. I definitely appreciate you having me on the show. It's been some time since we last spoke. Yes, I was a guest on your show, and I'm returning the favor because I had such an incredible time on the show with you. Uh, it was just so much fun, and I love talking with you because we're both so passionate about both podcasting and business. So it was just like, oh, so much fun. It was like a masterclass in that episode, I feel, uh, for yeah. podcasters. So, Grant, since I, I know you and you obviously have a great audience, how about you introduce yourself to my audience so they, they get to know you as well as I do? <clears throat> Yes, I mean, that can go down many different roads, many different <laughs> paths, right? So, I mean, and the short abbreviation of it is that today, in today's world, I am a podcast host that is a brand and growth strategist. That's the nuts and bolts of it. That's it. The show Boom. is over. We can kind of move on. <laughs> Thank you. Go home. Next, right? But no, nah, I mean, literally, I started off as, as, as a, a, a like a baby. I would say like a baby kid in, in, in New York as a graffiti artist. That was like my, my creative outlet. And then out of nowhere, my parents decided to drag my crazy ass down to Atlanta, Georgia. And I was like, what the hell is this? They put me in college. I got my first degree in graphic design. And then I always say like a dumb smart ass. I went back and got another degree in web design and multimedia. And I'm like, all right, cool. I got these two degrees. I know how to build things and design things. But they didn't teach me how to sell or market or to scale or to even develop a damn business whatsoever. So I decided to then create my own business back then and as the story continues i was kind of like eager and hungry for more information and so i became a, a travel agent and i became an insurance agent and built agencies up and down the east coast and i you know got my series six because again i felt like I, at the time i didn't realize that i was both left brain and right brain equally so i, oh. I kind of took the opportunity to search for the other things that i didn't get while i was in school and then unfortunately in 2018 burning the candlestick on both ends, I had a stroke. And that was the, essentially the dawn of me kind of rebranding myself. It was like, okay, I got all these things going on. I'm a full-time single dad. You know, during that time I got married, got divorced, got into a custody battle, got awarded primary for custody of my son when he was five years old. He's 16 now. And I'm just like, okay, like, what am I going to do? So luckily for me, the girlfriend who I had at the time was in the hospital, who's my wife now, was like, dude, it's time for you to rebrand yourself. It's time for you to step from being behind the curtain and do what you've been doing for all these clients for all these years and do it for Chanel. And I was like, well, okay, first thing I'm going to have to do is rebrand it, S.A. Grant. <laughs> Second thing I'm going to have to do is come up with a better name than my current company. Oh, Boston Cage. Okay, now that I have the name, what the fuck am I going to do with it? <laughs> and that's how I evolved into becoming a podcaster. I love it. I love it. And so what would you say is your why? Why did you become an entrepreneur? Was there a specific reason that you wanted to jump and help other businesses? Or was it just like you just fell into your lap? No, no, it was twofold. I mean, earlier on, it was just kind of like a passion for information, which is a passion. Mm -hmm. And that's why I kind of went on this crazy journey. But then once my son was born and I got primary custody, at that point in time, I was working full time and I was running my business. And I decided right then and there that, okay, I am going to hustle the system. 
So I went into my bosses and I was freelancing with another company out of Virginia doing political campaigns. And in my background, I used to work for Home Depot, like through an agency, like doing ad campaigns and stuff like that. So I was like, what, how could I leverage this? So I decided to go get an interview at Home Depot. I got the job, got the acceptance letter, sent it to the company that I was working with in VA and was like, OK, look, I'm about to go work for Home Depot. If you guys want me, you need to pick me up now. And then I, after they said yes, and they matched the, the same exact thing I was going to get from Home Depot, working remotely, then I was like, let me push my limits a little bit. So I went to my current employer. was like, look, guys, I'm quitting. I'm done in two weeks. But here's an opportunity for you to still keep me on your payroll as a freelancer. And I can still do what I was doing. And by the way, let me buy all my equipment. Because, again, you don't need that. You're not going to yeah. fill that seat. Let me buy that equipment. So that was like the real dawn of me creating that company. And at that point, I was like, okay, my why became educating my son i started kind of doing what i was doing to influence him to kind of let him know that there's an opportunity for him to work for himself and i was laying out that that, that plan for him to kind of live it with me as i was doing it i fucking love that oh one of the best reasons why people got into entrepreneurial is uh for their kids and to get their kids to be better and bigger than they are and i love how you're you're setting it up you're teaching him young so that he can start like you said earlier i wish i got back in 20 years ago um after a few years no uh i i love it i think that is exceptionally one of the best things you can do is set up a legacy for your your kids um now when you started boss on cage and started going down that route being the uh, entrepreneur podcaster did you know where you wanted to go in this journey or were you just like we'll see what sticks and we'll just go with the flow it was a combination of both things because i mean at that point in time like post stroke it took me about a year to kind of recover from that so mm -hmm. 2018 2019 i was just kind of like figuring shit out um, earlier 2018, I had finished writing my second book and it was a top selling book. And that was like my first experience of becoming a writer. And I was like, okay, well, how, how do I really monetize writing? And how do I, like, what am I really doing with my writing? It was supposed to be for education. And then I kind of like fell into watching webinars and I, I watched this one webinar and it was this guy speaking. And I was like, holy shit, he's, he's, he's where I'm, I'm aiming to be. And that, that was a Kindle Cashflow King, Ty Cohen. So I ended up going to his Kindle Cashflow live event. And I'm like, okay, this is exactly what I need to learn to get to that next level. I, I, I didn't even know what podcasting even was at that point in 2019. Mm -hmm. I, like I've heard of them. I listened to them, but it wasn't really in my vocabulary as it is now. Then you kind of fast forward. And at the event, I met this guy named Greg Caesar, who just happens to live in Atlanta. And him and I, you know, he was like, ty cohen's like best friend for like 20 years wow. we made a connection we came down to atlanta and then you know a couple like weeks went by he was like hey i'm part of this mastermind group we meet on random tuesdays third tuesdays of the month you should come check it out i, I come to the event and i'm looking around and i'm like holy shit it was like the, the like the echelon of marketers in in our world today like all these guys mm -hmm. that there was a youtube guy and there was a guy that does webinars and he's a multimillionaire and he's worth 20 million and i'm just like how the fuck did i get into that <laughs> what the f and i'm just looking around and like i'm trying i'm trying not to cream myself right and i'm sitting yeah. down and I'm, and I'm in the back of the room being quiet and i'm just like holy shit i just hit the fucking mother load so that inspired me to then say, okay, I need to do more networking like this. I need, if I'm in the room with these guys, then why can I be not in the room with other people? And that same week, literally Tuesday to Thursday, I went to my first podcasting event. 
it was just a random event that I went to. It was in Atlanta and all these podcasts are on the stage and they're talking and they're telling their stories. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is interesting. I can see how this could work. And then Chris Cremenzo from PodFest walks across the stage, talks about PodFest, talks about the events, talks about books, talks about business. And I'm like, fuck everything. That's it. PodFest. <laughs> Like I, I was sold right then and there, and then like that—that that was the end of 2019. And then fast forward 60 days, I downloaded everything possible, read every book known to man, itemized, and started developing the Boston Cajun. Launched it February of 2020. Damn, I love it. I love it, and it's just been growing ever since, and helping you build your business and the podcast. Oh, I love it. I yeah, I love it. Um, I just. I just love talking podcasting and there's like 84 questions coming to yeah. mind here. How are you using your podcast to grow your business? So, I mean, there's so many different ways, right? I mean, obviously like I've, I was always an indirect marketer. I've always mm -hmm. owned an agency. I still own like a design agency as well. So all the principles that I learned from there and all my journey, I, I worked for like, it was part of why I burnt out because I was working my full-time jobs. I was working my business and then I was having all these micro, um, in between jobs like i would go work mm -hmm. for comcast for 60 to 90 days just to learn like their upsell system right <laughs> on their call centers then i would go work for for apple for five to six months and learn PeopleSoft and learn what they did behind the scenes so i was jumping from corporation to corporation learning all this shit, and then i was like, okay now with podcasting how am i going to do that how am i going to monetize so the first thing i did was like year one i just took the strategy of learning the craft like i got completely engulfed into podcasting and I let my agency support it because my agency still had clients. Mm -hmm. Year two, on the other hand, I was like, okay, now I got some systems down in place and I have like a real core niche of people from my Rolodex that's making referrals. So I was like, okay, so now my network is expanding naturally. Great. Then year in the year two, year three, I was like, okay, like I think I'm pretty much ready to monetize now. So how do I convert my agency into this podcasting model? And so that's when I started like my Boston Cage Academy, started writing um, from then until now. I've written eight books. I'm working on my ninth book right now. Um, I actually have working on a accelerator program. And at the same time, I really dove into affiliates, like affiliate marketing, affiliate strategies and, and all this different. Mm -hmm. So it's a million different ways to monetize something. But those are just a fragment of what I'm doing today. Oh, no, I love it. I love how you're you're creating the streams of income so that and using previous streams of income to in, uh, invest in the next stream. It's great. Um, can you tell us a bit about the, the Academy? What is going on? What is the Academy about? So I would say uh, kind of going to the brand, right? To, to become mm -hmm. a boss on cage, essentially you need to have some core principles, right? And I would say what I'm doing, I'm the living example of what Boston cage represents. So ideally, if you want to learn how to write a book, the Academy can help you do that. If you want to start a podcast, the Academy could help you do that. I'm a branding specialist. It goes back to my graphic design degree. And I think branding is, is the seed for everything. If you if your branding completely sucks, no matter what you do, you're going to be unrememberable. And that's why I really started with developing the brand of Boston Cage. My name and that brand go together hand in hand like Steve Jobs, Apple. And that's the way by design. So in that academy, you could learn about branding. You could learn about how to leverage a podcast. And people don't even think about what does podcast have to do with books? Well, you ever thought about transcribing your podcast episodes and co collaborating them into a book and giving out the key points of every episode over two or three seasons? 
that's a book right there that somebody would mm-hmm. buy, right? And think about it. I think I think it was Tools of Titans was a book that was formatted in that way as well. Yeah. Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is a genius, and he keeps yeah. revolutionizing uh, the industry with his uh, with, with each book he pops out. So. Yep. Yeah, I know the tools of the Titans. I think I read that and I'm like, well, my podcast is that. So yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Interview-based podcast, boom, you have tools of the Titan right there. You have one of the favorite moments of pod. Like you can do anything. You can oh. mm-hmm. Kevin Smith did it with his blog post too, way back when. Yeah, one I of mean, his books was it's content. It's just yeah. recycling that damn content and reusing it in different ways, man. So and it's always just keeping your mind open. It's not about the, the shiny new objects for me, what I learned from post stroke until now, because I was doing all those different things and it was just me being hungry for information. How do I take this information and leave it within my one brand? So books fall on the Boston cage, right? Podcasting falls on the Boston cage. Education falls on the Boston cage and they all universally branded under the same thing. So these, that way now I don't have to worry about, well, my, my SOPs over here are going to be different than that. Fuck that. All my SOPs are all within this one brand. They're all systematically done. They're all running the same systems. They're all on the same platforms. They're all using the same automation. I love it. I love it. Um, where do you see the boss on cage going? So many different ways. I mean, obviously I was, I'm facetious when I say this, when I have this conversation with my wife, I was like, okay, based upon the stats, female to male, more than likely, I'm going to die before you do. When that opportunity comes, when I die, there's only two things that's going to happen, right? Either technology has finally caught up to where you could upload me into the cloud and I can continue <laughs> creating this shit forever. Or if, if that doesn't happen, I, I've learned to like backlog my, my episodes. So right now we're on season four, but we've recorded probably an additional close to 200 episodes. So really we're well into season seven, season eight. So if I was to die tomorrow, this content will continue past my death. And again, I have a bunch of systems to automate it. But ideally, I want to kind of reach a general number of a population. Like my first goal was I want to reach 1 million entrepreneurs and to not only have Boston Cage be a name that they recognize and understand, but it'll be a name that would help them get to where they want to be. Much like how I look at the movie The Founder and every time I look at that shit, I was like, this dude, 60 60 years old, Everyone said no to him a million damn times, and then he became a billionaire in his 60s. Mm-hmm. I want someone to sit back and be like, you know what? I, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out, and I, I, I rocked with Boston Cage for six months or a year, whatever it is. It could be 20 years, 100 years from now, and because of Boston Cage, they have the comprehension and the insight and the know-how how to move forward and scale. I love it. I love that vision, that goal you have for your business where you want to go uh even after your dead your death you want to be helping people grow and become better and probably you're going to have more than 200 before you die but it's just going to keep going and going you're going to have a catalog for life pretty much you're going to have two lifetimes worth of catalog the the, the amount of hustle you put in yeah. uh with your episodes you probably can pump it up a daily show uh <laughs> I could. still have time still have time still have more content to go out um uh, what has been your favorite moment so far since you've launched the Boss on Cage? I think for me, it was the Eureka moment. Like once when I saw Chris come off the stage and I was like, that was like the first time that everything else I'd done before was just me searching. And I realized that I fucking found it. Like, holy shit, the pot of gold, diamonds are falling from the sky with leprechauns holding on to them. <laughs> it was my moment. I was just like, like, why didn't I not 
like what the hell? And so then after that, I would just think now on a day to day basis, I mean, I interview anywhere from three to 10 people every single week and the opportunities to where these people, I don't know them. They don't know me. And with the hour or two hours before I do my due diligence, I do my research and I feel like we're family. And when I get on that episode, like we're talking like we've known each other the entire damn time because we're having a conversation about their journey. And again, an entrepreneur's journey is something that it bridges the line between black, white, male, female. It's, it's, it's a hustle mentality. And the only thing that you really see is that is the opportunity, the return of the green and the legacy you leave behind. I love it. I love how you, that description of what an entrepreneur life is. It's the hustle, it's the green and it's the legacy. That's what everybody wants to leave. And I think that's what entrepreneurs want. They see that they have a chance to leave a legacy that will go on for generations and generations. And that's all we want as humans. We want to be remembered after we're dead and one podcast, boom, you're set. YouTube, you're set now. Right. Um, We just want to be remembered like Homer and the Odyssey in some regards, like someone right. Keeps talking about us. Um, I don't know a tip right off the bat for entrepreneurs coming off the bat. If they're going, it's entrepreneurs starting entrepreneurs they're walking into the world they're like you got a guy who's like i'm done with this nine to five i can't do the nine to five anymore i need to be my own boss i need that creativity they're more creative they may be like you and me a left and a right centralist you know or they may move more on the creative side but we're forced into the digital uh, into the uh nine to five world um what is your tip to them what should they do to get out of that i mean there's so many different things i could tell them but i would tell them more so than anything else it goes back to the three points that you just brought up about okay the hustle, the money, and then the legacy. And there's only one thing in our world really and truly right now that kind of supplies all that outside of the investments, outside of real estate, it's content. So figure out what content that you love to talk about, because it doesn't really matter what the content is, because again, if you do the research, you will find out that there's people dying for that content. You could be Mm -hmm. someone that just stitches like some valor victorian old school 1800 1600 headbands or something and there's a community of people that are just dying for that they're just looking for that so if you find out what you want to create content on and then go balls to the wall and start developing that content start doc- documenting what you're doing in that content now obviously i would I, i'm biased because i would say youtube or podcasting like you said is the bedrock for something like that but i would say even more so podcasting is better than YouTube and hear me out. Like podcasting is an RSS feed that's essentially being syndicated on multiple different platforms. If Amazon goes down tomorrow, well then shit, Apple still may be awake and your RSS feed is still on Apple. If Apple goes down, then your podcast may be on another particular feed. That's multiple different syndicates globally that are streaming your content all over the damn world. Versus YouTube is essentially owned by a corporation and it's one system. And they that can knock you out in an instant. 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 So I'm not saying don't do YouTube, <clears throat> but as a podcaster, we do YouTube, but YouTube is usually a secondary because mm-hmm. for me, it goes back to, look, every time I see someone says, hey, add your RSS feed, shit. We're, 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 I damn near memorize my damn RSS feed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, because again, that just gives you more and more and more and more. If, five close down, three pop up, and you keep doing it, that shit becomes a virus. A podcast mm. or an entrepreneur is a, is a money-creating fucking virus if you set it up right. It's true. Like, look, 
I don't even have to, like, we can go to John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneurs on Fire. The guy pr- prints out his monthly reports of how much money the podcast makes mm-hmm. and shows you the breakdown of everything. If that doesn't prove to you that podcasting can make money for business, I don't know what can. This guy went from nowhere to, like, the name in the podcasting world. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it prints. Podcasting is a, a money printer if you set it up properly. Like you said, if it's set up properly, you're printing money. Yeah, and, but they got to be mindful too. It's mm-hmm. not one of those things where you could just wake up on a random Tuesday and then on Thursday you're just making buku of money. Like you have to kind of go through your rite of passage because the biggest mistake that I've seen on podcasters, especially with hosts, they don't do their due diligence. They don't learn podcasting as a fucking craft. That shit is an art. And until mm-hmm. you realize that it's an art, you're going to just sit there and read content and wait for a response. That is dry. It is stale. You have to reach into your balls and get the animation and spit that damn fire. If you don't do that, the audience is not going to listen to you. If you and I were on this podcast right now, it's like, yes, yes. Hello. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yes. On a tone voice. The, the, the show would have been over. It would have been like, yeah, it would. It, it, no, I, I fully, fully agree with you with like, you need to have a personality. If you have a dry sense of, if you have a dry personality, have a co-host that can pop it or talk about something that's just a little bit more energetic, put a little bit of energy into it and you'll, it's going to go a long way. Or you may, yep. you may find people who like dry podcasts, but generally entrepreneurs, you need to, you need to pop. You need to have a, yeah. char- not a character, but you need to have a persona to push it beyond. Cause you're now the, like you said, you're the brand is you and you are the brand. The brand is you you need to build it you need to be that person you need to be the boss on cage for yourself the podcast mogul i am helping people with podcasting helping people businesses grow their business and people become an uncaged boss like you need to personify and you need to push it and you need to be able to have be engaging if you can't ask engaging questions for your guests or at least be able to have a hold a conversation about the passion of your thing it's it won't work and it's so true you're you're spitting fire here man well, I, I'm over here. I'm, I'm testified. I feel like I'm at church. You just, you just spit at the pulpit, and I'm just like testify. <laughs> oh man, um, I want to know um, what if you had to start over? Like, boss on cage. Unfortunately, uh, big corporation said, "I'm buying it." You sold out. Boom! You sold your boss on cage. Like, you're 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 a happy guy. It's not a sad moment that you're yeah. starting over. But they're like, the boss on cage is is ours now. You need to go away. You step away. What are you doing? How are you going to restart? Are you going to do another podcast? You're going to do what? What are you doing? I think I think that's essentially a beautiful question because again, obviously, you're building all this for a legacy. You're building all this for revenue, and potentially, whether somebody's going to admit it or not, if somebody comes with the right price. I'm more than willing to sell it because, again, that proves the concept. It leaves behind the monetary gains for the legacy, and it gives me way more damn capital to start and do the shit all over again <laughs> 10 times that faster. <laughs> so instead of taking three years, I do the shit in three months. It, it's, 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 it's a no-brainer. It's kind of like, why would I not? Why would I not, not make another Boston Cage? Obviously, I'm not, I can't call the Boston Cage. If they buy it, they're going to buy the trademarks and everything else that I've yeah. built business on and i'll just come up again i'm a brander i'm a marketer i'm gonna come up with some other crazy whatever it is and it may be a different genre i may not be talking to business owners i may only be talking to real estate because then 
I'll have $10 million or $100 million and I become an investor in real estate or I become an investor in SaaS platforms. Whatever I'm investing in at that time, that's what the podcast is going to be about. It's going to be all the same shit done in a lot quicker time. I love it. Smartest answer I've heard yet. Um, I want to know your go-to book. I'm a book reader. I love reading. What is your go-to book for uh, if you're if you're telling people, hey, you're an entrepreneur, you should read this book? So it's funny that you asked that question because that's one of the questions that I always ask on my show. And because of that, I've created like a Boston Cage book club that's a complete online directory. And we're up to like maybe two or 300 books right now. So when you ask me that question, I'm just kind of like, every damn day I hear a new book or an old book. Obviously, you know, Tim Ferriss, right? Four hour work week. That that's a great book. Um, in addition to that, like the, the the legacy of like the original books, like the old school books, like the books that Rich Dad Think Poor Dad, Think, Think and Grow, grow Rich. rich. Yeah. Like those books are kind of like if you have not read any of those books, if this is the first time you're hearing it, I want to lend you my condolences because you've been in the damn cage for too damn long, and it's time for you to break out. But I would say start with those books. In addition to it, there's other books like um, the Five Second Rule. That's another really good book by um, Mel Robbins. And it's kind of like, it's five second rule. What the hell is that? But I mean, again, majority of the time from being an entrepreneur, it's always about the split decisions. It's always about, oh, I don't have the money. Fuck. That five seconds turns to five days. It turns to five. Or it's, oh shit, I got to do something. I got to be somewhere. And I'm not sure how am I going to do it because I need to get a plane ticket or it's bumping with my schedule. And then you overthink it and then you don't act on it as an entrepreneur. You have to act. And I would say the five second rule kind of just gets you to understand the psychology of your mind. Stop all the bullshit, count to five and then execute, 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 execute. I love it. I love it. Um, so I'm going to jump off. Chanel. You're going to uh, off the front screen. I'm going to give you the last little bit to let my audience know where they can connect with you, how they can listen to the boss on caged, how they can join the Academy, all that fun stuff. Uh, so the floor is yours, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Boston cage is simple. Uh, again, from a marketing standpoint, it's all keyword driven, right? Podcast.bostoncage.com. The website for Boston cage is bossoncage.com, And the Academy is, academy.bossoncage.com or bossoncage.com slash academy. Again, all keyword friendly stuff, all simple to spell. Keep it simple. Keep it to the point. And if I have any last closing things that I want to let you understand and let you to really dig down deep and figure out if podcasting is not for you, then why don't you find someone to become a host and you be more so the producer behind the scenes? Because again, creating this content becomes the leverage and becomes the angle for you to get to whatever goals you're trying to get to. But again, you're going to have to con communicate and capture the people, the 7.7 .7 billion people in this world. I only need to get 1%. I can get half a percent of that and, and still be well off and well and wealthy because I'm talking to my core audience. I'm talking to the people that I resonate with. And that's something you have to do. You don't have to worry about the billions. You just have to find a couple hundred few thousand i love it again more wisdom from the boss on cage himself sa grant dude i can't thank you enough for coming on the show i always have great time talking with you in our messenger and being a guest on your show and the posts on facebook that we talk i can't thank you again and i i can't wait to have you on the show again sir 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, I think we're both at that point to where we've interviewed, interviewed like a couple hundred people, three, four hundred <laughs> people, whatever it is. And it's kind of like, should we start re-interviewing people that we interviewed before or, or, or not? Yeah. But I, I think it'll be good to start going back a little bit for sure. Awesome. So to my audience, to the my listeners, all the stuff to connect with the boss uncaged himself will be in the show notes down below. Please make sure you check it out because it's well worth your time. I'll definitely link the episode that me and uh, S.A. Grant did together so that you guys can get a, a master class of podcasting if you haven't already. And again, everybody always, always remember to invest in yourself.